everyone. Welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And today we are rounding out our prequels rewatch with Revenge of the Sith. Before we get into that, just a couple of uh, housekeeping things. You can always support the show on Coffee. We also have our shop where you can find tons of beautiful lipstick and lightsabers designed all by Alex Leonis. And you can also send us your Star Wars stories. We are still accepting those if you are interested. You can check out the description of every podcast episode for the instructions on how to do that. And we do have some recommendations. So Alex and I have been playing a lot of Among Us. Yeah, I it's it's like the new Animal Crossing. <laughs> it's like the opposite of Animal Crossing. Yeah. <laughs> it's not as wholesome. No. I I mean, it's it's wholesome. It just has murder. Okay. I feel like Animal but Crossing would be 10 times better if it had murder. I was going to say like if Tom Nook played Among Us, like he would slaughter everyone. Oh my god. I feel like Isabel would be like a secret, like actual good imposter. Yeah. Like you'd think she'd be bad, but yeah. she'd just kill everybody. <laughs> yeah, Among Us is great. We've been having so much fun with that. It's just it's been a blast. I'm starting to get better. Like um yesterday you morning you didn't play that game um Saturday morning. But um with that crew, I actually won as imposter by using like good strategy. Good. Mm -hmm. Um, Bly Manor, I think we've talked about this. Um, Alex finished it and it ruined her life. It ruined your life too. It like did. it wasn't <laughs> <laughs> Um like I I like I had said like I hadn't cried like that watching anything since the night of Tross. Yeah. Because like in okay, in the movie like, we're gonna set the scene for Tross. In the movie theater, I only cried like a tiny maybe like a tear because I was in shock that this was like a fever dream and I was like this is not a real movie but then like five hours later after we had recorded I was like I was a mess and that's like what I was like at the end of Bly Manor yeah but like in a more positive way because I like enjoyed oh, it's beautiful yeah, yeah exactly like I was like this is really sad but like this is really well done and well written where Tross was just <laughs> it was so the ending of Bly Manor, to me, is so perfect. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like they just nailed it. Yeah. And I love that for them. And I just feel like the rewatchability with Bly is so high. Yeah. Except you have to be prepared for it to destroy you. Yeah. Which, we do like the angst here on Lipstick and Lightsabers. No, so. we do. Like, like I watch Fleabag all the time. And I know yeah. how it ends every time. And I still <laughs> let it get to me. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, maybe one of these days Hot Priest will say something other than it'll pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then the last thing we're going to recommend is um, Pirates of the Caribbean 3, yeah. which we recently watched together. That, and But the um, Disney Plus group watch function wasn't really working for us. We, we were trying to use that. Yeah, I... I don't know what we were doing wrong with the group watch thing. So we just pressed play at the same time, which had the same effect. So, yeah, I don't know. It's like that movie to me is just like, oh, I wish Tross was this. I feel like Pirates of the Caribbean was like a perfect trilogy, having watched them all together. Yeah. And I think like, like I was saying to you, like at the time when that trilogy came out, I feel like the second and third movie kind of got a lot of flack. 
And, mm-hmm. like, everyone was like, oh, it's not as good as the first one. And, like, the first one's, like, it's a great movie. But as mm-hmm. a trilogy, they tell this one cohesive story. Which is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely think the first one, like, as a standalone film, like, it's so good and they just, they did so amazing with it. But, like, they really did weave this big story that does, like, really yeah. come to fruition in the last movie. Like, I just don't think that Pir- Pirates 2 and 3 get enough, like, praise from, like, general people. Yeah. And, like, let's be honest, like, Elizabeth Swan. What a queen. She yeah. gets to be the pirate king and get her man. Like, ah, it's just so good. I had posted that and somebody was like, well, only once every 10 years. It's like, okay, <laughs> but like, come on. But I mean, like, I, I would still would have loved that ending for Tross. Like, like yes. way better. Oh, yeah. Like, it, it just. It would be kind uh, of the kind of hurt that I want. Yeah, it's it's like the kind of beautiful tragedy that's in Blind yeah. Manor. <laughs> Um, as far as news goes, um, mostly everything's been pretty quiet. There have been, like, some rumors and things going around. But really, the only big thing is that Mando Season 2 is starting on Friday. Yeah, three days. Yeah. I still keep forgetting about this. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know if it's because of, like, the Gina stuff or whatever. But, like, I feel like the hype isn't as high. Yeah. Although I, I also feel like I was at this point when Mando first started. Like, I was more guarding myself to not like it. Yeah. And then I ended up really liking I it. I feel like I'm guarding myself for different reasons this season. Yeah. And I do have some Mando words muted on Twitter. Like, a lot of stuff still slips through. But at the time when those leaks were coming out, like, every day in one week we were getting, like, cast leaks, I muted a bunch of Mando terms. So I, I don't see everything, I feel like. Yeah, I haven't seen as much lately, which makes me happy. And we did get, like, that final teaser trailer, and Mm -hmm. I was really relieved to see that there wasn't really any new footage, and they didn't show anything that we haven't already, like, seen. I think that's Dave Filoni, though. Yeah, I (laughs) hope that he, like, basically cut his trust tree down. Yeah. (laughs) Like, don't trust anybody ever again. Yeah, I would have so many trust issues if I, like, made the trust trust tree. Like, imagine that person, like, living with all those trust issues now. Whoever, like, had the trust trust tree is probably dead. I feel like the the mouse came for him. But that will be starting on Friday. And we are going to be covering um, the second season of The Mandalorian, which we have talked about. We'll be doing two episodes at a time. That's how it fits into our... normal schedule and once again we say this every time we know what's been going on with Gina Carano we do not stand by her at all and we totally understand if like this isn't for you like we totally Mm -hmm. get that so with that I think it is time to move into Revenge of the Sith and I want to say that for the longest time Revenge of the Sith was my third favorite Star Wars movie and Watching it again after Tross was actually really hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just, it made me sad because there's so many things in it that I remember I was like really into because I was like, oh man, like it's all gonna come together in Tross and blah, blah, blah. And like it just didn't. Yeah. And it just makes me sad. <laughs> Though like I did pick up on some 
things that they connected, but I think they connected it in ways that we didn't want. Yeah, I feel like they yeah they they did it, but I'm like, I don't think you did that the way that you should have. <laughs> but it's not like you have to remember it is not Revenge of the Sith's fault. No, it is not. Like I'm trying not sure. to take points away from it because of feelings I have for another movie. Exactly. Yes, because I do think that Revenge of the Sith is still like just it's so well done, like the tragedy, the fall, the way they set it up. And it has a hopeful ending. I think that it has bled into, you know, the Clone Wars and um, Cal Kestis. Why can't yeah. I think of what his game is called? Fallen Order. Fallen Order <laughs> bleeds into fall. I couldn't think of the name of the game. Mm. Um, I, I think it sets all that up really well. It makes me excited for the Obi-Wan series. Yeah. I guess because in my mind, it's going to be more of like a prequels Obi-Wan than like an original trilogy Obi-Wan. And I'm more excited about that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess like overall, this movie is really about um, how sassy Obi-Wan is and how they cranked the the daddy, the horniness up to like a 10. Yeah. Like... It's funny watching this movie because most of it just feels like Obi-Wan memes, but especially like you're saying, like that whole cape drop sequence. It just, yeah. Well, and I feel like just the look, like this is the best Obi-Wan and Anakin look. It is. Like, it's so good. Anakin has the Kylo hair. Well, I mean, Kylo has the Roth's Anakin hair and it (laughs) looks great. Obi-Wan looks his best. He does. He does. Yeah. And you're right. Like the cape drop. Everything that Obi-Wan says, like, I wrote so many quotes (laughs) from him down because it just... It's so sassy. It's so sassy. And I love the opening sequence of them saving Palpatine because, once again, just like Attack the Clones, I feel like it's setting up so much. Like, it's showing us visually the relationship between these characters and how they interact together. And actually, in the novelization, like, a quarter of the book is just this, like, opening like yeah. sequence of them saving Palpatine because it's so like so much is happening like yeah. under the surface and we're obliged to recommend the novel yes so it's, good it's one of the best novels yeah neither one of us could fit in a reread but please go read it if you haven't read it because it's so good it's that's where the quote love is more than a candle love can ignite the stars is and it's I just so good. So, so good. Um, also, honorable mention to R2-D2 at the beginning of this movie. I love him so much. He's so cute. Well, and he's trying so hard. So chaotic. It's just, oh, the chaotic energy when he just, like, bursts in screaming. I mm-hmm. love it, and I'm here for it, and it's honestly a mood. <laughs> I was also very aware of how well, like, the shots of, like, the ships over this planet looked so much like the Clone Wars show. Like, I just, they they did such a good job matching all that stuff up. It, it honestly looked so seamless to me. Mm-hmm. So when they rescue Palpatine, uh, we do get a little bit of a fight with Mr. Dooku. And I think it was really interesting that Palpatine outright orders Anakin to kill Dooku, which... As we have seen, you know, the Jedi don't do that. They don't do an execution. Like, you have to stand trial and, like, all that kind of stuff, which Anakin knows and comments on. Palpatine 
knows, obviously. And he also does this when Obi-Wan isn't present. And it just, I, I feel like this is just really showing how deep Anakin is, like, under Palpatine's thumb. But, like, that also shows, like, how much Palpatine knows Anakin is influenced by Obi-Wan. Yeah. I I feel like this movie is really showing that, like, if Anakin and Obi-Wan stayed together, like, things would have been very different, yeah. I feel like. Like satellites. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, like, I the whole the whole way that Palpatine was able to get to Anakin is that he isolates him and he starts to do that by like what he tells him and I was just so reminded of the Kylo Ren comic you know just seeing how Ben gets so isolated and you know then the ultimate betrayal of Luke standing over him actually does kind of mirror Obi-Wan showing up on Mustafar later in this movie to kill Anakin. So after this, they're leaving and Palpatine wants to leave Obi-Wan behind, obviously, because of the reasons that we just said, but Anakin never will leave anybody behind. And this is like a direct result of what we saw in Attack of the Clones with him being unable. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Because he has, I think, I think he just carries so much guilt with him over his mom. I agree. I, I think because he was unable to save her, he now can't let go of like I have to save everyone yeah he takes it on himself that like he needs to save every single person yeah so like there's no way he would ever leave somebody behind and this is also the iconic moment in the novelization where we get uh, like a whole paragraph about Anakin's butt yeah iconic and uh Obi-Wan wakes up and it's like I'm I'm looking at Anakin's butt upside down I just love the that Matthew Stover woke up one day and was like, you know what? I'm going to write this whole page about Anakin's butt. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I do want to take a minute and talk about here. So Dooku is now gone. He's been defeated. So like, basically at this point, the Republic is winning this war. Like the Separatists have just lost their leader, but Grievous got away. So they still have Grievous. And they say that the Senate will vote to continue the war as long as Grievous is alive. So, like, part of this movie is, well, if we can kill Grievous, we can probably take out this whole, you know, Separatist army. And so I guess, like, my question is, is we know Palpatine's playing, like, both sides of this war and that his goal is to rule the galaxy. Mm -hmm. So he could keep this war going, like, as long as he wants to. So I wonder what happened, what shifted to make him be like, okay, we're moving into endgame now. I I don't know. I guess it has something to do with maybe complacency? Maybe. I think have like I think him being able to get Anakin to kill Dooku maybe indicated to him that, like, Anakin is close to being ready to, like, turn to the dark side for him. Maybe. I've been thinking about, like, what Maul said at the end of Season 7 of The Clone Wars, 
like when he realizes that like Order 66 is happening and like all this is going on, Palpatine wants Anakin. Like he wants him as his apprentice and that like everything he's been doing ever since he met Anakin is to like get him to this point. And so I guess him killing on command for him Mm -hmm. maybe signaled like, hey, we can start moving. We can start pulling some strings here. It's so crazy how Palpatine played the long game for so many years. He was so patient. Literally playing chess against himself. Like, literally. It's crazy. This is also where we get the Annie Dalla reunion, Mm -hmm. which I just... (sighs) Anakin literally, he looks so happy. He's all smiley. And he says, this is the happiest moment of my life. I love her hair in that scene. (sighs) I just, like... It makes me so sad. <laughs> I know. They look so genuinely happy and it's not like creepy Attack of the Clones, Anakin, like those couple scenes we talked about last last episode. Mm-hmm. He really just like, he's so happy. Yeah. I mean, they've been separated for so long and like they're finally together and like Aunt Padme tells him that she's pregnant and like even Anakin says like he's tired of hiding. Like he doesn't care what people would say like he wants to like tell people and I just uh, he's just so happy and he just wants to have this life that he's like building with Padme and whoever decided to have him say this that it's the happiest moment of his life like thank you for just like twisting the knife (laughs) like that hurt a lot but also where do the Jedi think Anakin goes when he sleeps over at Padme's I don't know. Is is it normal for the Jedi to just sneak off at night? Yeah, exactly. Like, do, do they not all stay, it? like, at the temple? I bet you it's normal. But where do they go? To all their girlfriends' houses. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, oh, Anakin just got some lady on the side. Who cares who it is? <laughs> no, but it's true. We were talking about it last episode, like, how, like, they all have hollows and they all like know what's up and like rail is just sleeping around like i don't think it's that <laughs> weird i i mean you're you're right but it just makes me wonder cuz it's, it's like unspoken it I is think unspoken it is unspoken and i think that most of the council is aware but they just don't look yoda this is might... the problem with the patriarchy yeah yoda <laughs> I feel like Yoda kind of half convinces himself, like, it's not happening. (laughs) I don't know. I just, see, this is why there needs to be a sex education class in the Jedi Temple. Because obviously, if they're all running off and having sleepovers with, like, their significant others, then, like, you know, they need to be practicing safely. And the Jedi have a responsibility. (laughs) Because I'm sorry, like, Anakin is not the only one giving in to this. Oh, no, like, I agree. Let, you know, Voss. Like, yeah. Voss totally, yeah. Before he met Ventress, like, yes. Like, and we know Qui-Gon, Rail, Obi-Wan. Except now Obi-Wan apparently was how old when he was on Mandalore? See, okay, but, like, even if even if this is the thing, like, even if this is the thing, I now, like, change my headcanon to be, like, well, 
clearly like maybe after he sees her again during yeah. the clone wars like okay, no wait. because corky's already there we gotta explain what happened <laughs> there was this timeline book that came out and says that obi-wan was how old when he was on mandalore with duchess Satine? 16 like, yeah like 15 15 15, 15. and before everyone's headcanon was like he was like 18 or 19 mm-hmm. i think and then that would line up that like corky would be his son <laughs> on the timeline <laughs> But here's the thing, though. That book that came out also messed up, like, Luke's age. Yeah. And, like, it, and then, I, I just have, I put no stock in that timeline because it gets multiple things yeah. wrong. It's just, it's disappointing if they're going to go with that timeline for a book because I want to read adult Obi-Wan. Yeah, or, like, you know, 15 for Star Wars is pretty young. Baby. Like, they write a baby. Yeah, I would so <laughs> rather read, like, a, you know, 18 to 20-year-old Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, I still feel like if that's the age that, like, he meets Satine, like, that doesn't mean necessarily that that's the only time he's ever been with Satine. You know, maybe he was yeah. sneaking off to Mandalore. Who knows? <laughs> How fast can you get to Mandalore? Well, see, that's the thing, because in this movie, everything happens in, like, a day or two. But they're traveling all over the place. And I noticed this because when Obi-Wan, or no, when Anakin goes, I think, to Mustafar, like, Obi-Wan is, like, way off somewhere else. And he's like, when did you see Anakin? She's like, oh, this morning. And he's already on Mustafar, so I'm like, how, how long do these hyperspace jumps last? I don't know. I I get confused because fan fiction has them sometimes being like, you know, the long voyage on the sea going to the new world. So <laughs> who knows? <laughs> All right, but anyway, moving on. Padme suggests that they go to Obi Wan for help, which. I think is a great idea and I would love the AU where they do that and then it's just Obi-Wan like helping them hide the pregnancy like I want this and I think that they should have done it and I don't understand why Obi-Wan is like the only one who trusts Anakin and I feel like you know we've always seen that Anakin has like a little bit of like I guess like jealousy when it comes to Obi-Wan and so I guess that was it. Like, he didn't want Obi-Wan concerned in his business. But I just wonder why he wouldn't go to him for help. I think it's just like I said before, like, everyone kind of pretends like nothing's happening. This is true. This is true. And as we're going to talk about later, I don't know if Obi-Wan would have would ever go against the council, like, directly. So if they asked Obi-Wan for help, there is the question of if he would even help them or if he'd turn them over. So we find out that Palpatine basically has Anakin like completely in his pocket and he moves to put him on the council to have him be like his official liaison to the Jedi. But the Jedi will not make him a master. And Palpatine totally knew this and did it anyway because he knew that it would make Anakin super upset. And, like, yeah, it is 
it is very disrespectful and like very disheartening to hear that the Jedi openly distrust Anakin and they say it to his face that they openly distrust him and that they should send, you know, better Jedi on missions, better Jedi like Obi-Wan. And it's just all fueling this, you know, this conflicting emotions that are going on within Anakin. Mm-hmm. It made me so upset to just sit there and, you know, Mason and Yoda just yeah. go on and on. And, and I just, just like, want to give Anakin a hug. Yes. And I hate it because it's so obvious that Obi-Wan does trust Anakin and like he does believe in them and like he does believe that he's going to be a master, but like he just won't say anything. He he will not go against Yoda and Mace, which is like that's the problem. When they ask Anakin to spy on Palpatine, the fact that Obi-Wan's the one to ask him is like another like nail in the coffin yeah. for like where things are going. Because it's, Anakin even says, like, this is against the Jedi Code. You're telling mm-hmm. me to go against somebody I see as a friend. Like, why would you ask me to do this? He He's really getting, like, his his two, like, closest confidants, like, pitted against each other. So he's, like, being pulled in two different directions. And poor Obi-Wan's falling into this trap Palpatine has set up. Exactly, yeah. Palpatine... Palpatine is really playing Obi-Wan just as much as he's playing Anakin. And part of me wonders, you know, we heard in Attack of the Clones, Anakin referring to Obi-Wan, like, as his father a lot. But, again, like, we've been looking for, you know, where is this tension that comes in with him and Obi-Wan? And I think maybe it is here that he wanted Obi-Wan to be that father figure that he never got. But since it wasn't, he wasn't getting that, that's probably why he turned more to Palpatine, because Palpatine, like, wanted to be mm-hmm. that father for Anakin, and that's what Anakin wanted. He wanted somebody to take care of him, and it is it is upsetting because you see that Obi-Wan truly does love Anakin, like, loves him like a brother, but their relationship was just never quite, like, the same for each of them. Everybody is also telling Anakin what to do. Like, you are going to do this for, like, the Jedi. You are going to be the spy. And even when he tells Padme about it, Padme is like, well, you need to do this and blah, blah, blah. And I think Anakin is just feeling like he wants, he's like, he wants to be in control, you know? He's tired of people telling him what to do. what does Anakin actually want? (sighs) I don't know. I think he just wants to be happy with Padme. Yeah, I don't even think he wants to be a Jedi. No, I I think, like, now that he's having these dreams, like, the main reason he wants to be a powerful Jedi is just to save Padme. Mm Because at some point, I don't know if it was in this movie or if it was in a different movie, he says, like, what's the point of having these powers or something along those lines, like, if you can't save the people that you love? And so I think, like, for the longest time, being a Jedi, like, he gets to save people, it's great, but if he could just be with Padme, I think he would do that. But there is also a question of, I think he enjoys his position in the Clone Wars. Like, if the war ended, like, peacefully, like, this, none of this was, like, you know, some overall plan for the Sith or anything like that, like, do you think he would leave the Jedi and just go be on Naboo with Padme? Or do you think he would move into some other kind of position? 
he has a lot of guilt over the fact that like the Jedi rescued him, right? I think so too. Yeah. I think he would have a hard time leaving. Yeah. I do think in a way he feels like he owes them mm-hmm. because they rescued him, but then at the same time he knows that they don't trust him and they don't like him and they don't want yeah. him there. It's it's a very it's like such a layered complex issue that it, like it it's very easy for me to see why he would turn to somebody like Palpatine for comfort and like Palpatine wanted him to do that so he could manipulate him um but it's just horrible that nobody else was able to kind of step in and be that support for him that he needed uh next up is the bubble ballet is it a bubble ballet or is it an opera i don't know I think it's a ballet. I think yeah. that they're performing Swan Lake, but they don't call it Swan Lake. They call it, like, Octopus Lake or something. Wait, what? Yeah, I swear I saw that. Really? Yeah, it's in, like, Octopus, it's in one of the books. Octopus Lake. Something like that. If I'm so wrong, like, somebody please tell me. But, like, I feel like I saw this. Some girl is being turned into an octopus at night. Yeah. And her heart gets broken over a prince falling in love with a different well, I octopus. Mean, Star Wars loves tentacles. <laughs> and let's be honest here, is Swan Lake like not also Star Wars and Annie Dalla? Yeah. Anakin wow. is the Swan Queen. Like he is the Swan Queen. He is George, both the white swan and the George black swan. George is so big brain. So big brain. <laughs> Watch me be wrong, and, like, that's not even what this is. <laughs> but is Anakin not the black swan? Yes. Like, oh, it's just, it fits, and it's perfect, and I like that. George! Wow. If, if you ever meet him, is the question you're asking him. <laughs> is Anakin the black swan? <laughs> the is, black is octopus? Is your bubble ballet octopus lake? Was this just all a meta- Did he put this in here as a metaphor? And if you were just paying attention, you'd know exactly how the film was going to end. <laughs> <laughs> this meta level. Oh, fanboys, come at me, please. I love this scene. I love just the randomness of it, of, like, going to meet Palpatine at this, like, fancy, like, just this fancy place. And then Palpatine is just like, you know what? It's like, has, have you ever heard the tale of Darth Plagueis the Wise? <laughs> I mean, this is a whole meme, too. It's a whole meme. A whole, whole meme. I do think it's interesting, though, that, like, this is when Palpatine is showing his hand, like, a little bit and talking about the Sith. <laughs> um, and Anakin says, like, you know, like, the Sith are bad. No, like, the Jedi, blah, blah, blah. And he says, like, the Sith only look inward. They only care about themselves. Like, that is the difference between the Sith and the Jedi. The Jedi care about others. But I would say that the Jedi have gotten to this point where they really only care about the Jedi. So, like, as a, like individually, I don't think that they are selfish. But I do think as a whole, the whole, like system of the Jedi is only looking inward and only caring about the well-being of the Jedi. Which is totally not the point. Yeah, that's completely thrown off. Like, they are, 
I feel like they are blinded by the dark side, not because there is a Sith present, but because they have lost their way entirely by this point. Because even to me, with them, they, you know, they, they want to stage a coup, just like we thought Hux was going to do. <laughs> um, they want to stage a coup and overthrow Palpatine, and, like, the Jedi would have to take over briefly to ensure the transition of power and all this, and, like... Even this, I don't feel like was a move for, like, the good of, like, Coruscant and, like, the Republic. I still feel like it was a move mostly because they they fear, like, the way of the Jedi would be, like, destroyed and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, on the flip side, like we talked about, Anakin cares about others, like, so much. Like, he doesn't fall to the dark side because he wants power for himself like he wants power to save people if only they listened to anakin a little bit more god yeah if only they like he could teach that the jedi so much yes and like this is the second time he's having visions and this is the second time that he's told to just get over it you know mm-hmm. and i i do think that with this vision it was a self-fulfilling prophecy because if he had just let it go, like, uh, like it wouldn't have happened. You know, yeah. he wouldn't have gone down this road and Padme mm-hmm. probably would have lived. But, it, ju- you know, like, this is the second time that nobody's really been equipped to properly help him yeah. work through it. The, the Jedi just need therapy. The Jedi needs so much therapy. So much therapy. Also, Palpatine in the scene says that um, it's ironic because Darth Plagueis could save others from death, but not himself. Which I do think kind of comes back in Tross, but, yeah. like, it shouldn't have come <laughs> back straightforward. <laughs> Should have come back transformed, but that's okay. Okay. We're going to talk about the original sin? Yeah. So we've talked about the original sin. Um, there's a couple of original sins, but Alex, what is the original sin? Separating Obi-Wan and Anakin. Yes. <laughs> if they had stayed together, mm-hmm. everything would have been fine. They should have gone to get Grievous together, which they were going to do. I feel like like Anakin was going to go on this mission. And, and they the said Je- no. It, yeah, the Jedi were the ones that were like, no. So Palpatine didn't separate them, which is what he wanted. The Jedi did. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, no, they must stay together. They are a dyad. <laughs> they are brothers. <laughs> oh, so sad. And speaking of the dyad, uh, tell me about this sunset force bond. Okay, Padme and Anakin have a force bond. 100%. 100%. Padme's ruminations. Yes. It happens. Like, it, even if, like, that wasn't the intent, it's so obvious that this is where Ryan Johnson, like, Learned pulled how to cut. his imagery yeah. from. Yes. Exactly, and like how he cuts the last Jedi Force bonds, it yes. is like this. Yeah, hundred percent. Like they are totally sitting here, like looking at the sunset together, feeling these emotions. Like this does kind of get to. So we asked on Twitter, like if there was anything specific that you guys wanted us to touch on, anything like that, and a couple of you asked about the alternate versions of Padme going to Mustafar. Yeah, and I do think that with this. Like, if this is them kind of, like, sensing, sensing each other, I could see then why, like, if Ana- if Padme was, like, mm-hmm. feeling all this turmoil in Anakin, like, she would go to Mustafar kind of knowing 
that things might go badly. Yeah. I've also seen Ian McKay talk about the scene where Padme says, oh, like, it's because I'm so in love. That scene. Mm-hmm. Him saying that Padme is not being, like, honest in that scene. And she's kind of, like, at that point in the movie, she's already, like, doubting him. Which, Which I, I don't buy. I can't buy it. I don't it. buy. I kind <laughs> of buy it when she tells him that she's pregnant because she seems very worried. Yeah. But I don't think it's because she's afraid of Anakin. I think it's just because it's going to change the dynamic of their relationship. Yeah. Like, because he's a Jedi and she's a senator and, yeah. like, and their lives more, are going to change. more questions being asked because it's like, well, who's the father? Exactly, yeah. And, like, she was saying that she probably wouldn't be allowed to be a senator anymore, so she's probably going to have to go back to Naboo. And, like, I, I truly think that if... Well, we know that if Satine had asked Obi-Wan... <laughs> He would have left the order. Do you think if Padme straight out point blank asked Anakin to leave the order, would he do it? Yeah. Yeah. So that's I mean, I I do think that she she doesn't have any reason to doubt him at this point. But I think she also knows how much the Jedi and Obi-Wan mean to Anakin, so I, I don't yeah. know if she would ask. Well, that's that's why she always brings up, like, you're a Jedi. Like, you are a Jedi first. Like, I I don't think she would ever ask that of him. Because that's that's a very selfish thing to ask for in her mind. And that's just not how Padme operates. But I... Oh, man. I want the AU where Anakin and Padme just went to Naboo early to set up the baby's room. And, like, escaped Order 66 and, like... We're happily on Naboo, like, I mean, started the rebellion. Still, we have to get to Vader. <sighs> we have but, to get there. Uh, do we, though? Do we, though? They could have been <laughs> happy on Naboo. No, I get it. Like, reading fan fiction is good. Yeah, reading fan fiction is very good. So, yeah, my, my answer is I do not think Padme ever would have gone to Mustafar with the intent to kill Anakin. I do not think she ever like, doubted him. I think in this movie is when she kind of starts to, but that's also because Mm -hmm. Anakin is starting to, like, he's starting to fall because he's he's losing his control. He's losing his grip. And because he's becoming so frantic, that's what leads him to make the decisions that he does. And I've also, like, I mean, I don't agree with this, but I've also seen people say that they would prefer the other version where... Padme has the dagger and is doubting the relationship early on because it gives her more like she's not as passive in that version like she's actually making choices for herself and like yeah she like would I say she's passive in this movie yeah but I don't think that was the right way to go about it to give her something to do no I think the way to give her something to do was to include the scenes of her basically starting the rebellion yeah because I think that there's more cues for that because like she even says like you know maybe the republic is like becoming something that it's not Mm -hmm. um and like you know going down a path that it was never like it was never supposed to be like this and i would have i i think having more of the birth of the rebellion 
would make more sense because her making the decision to like go and kill Anakin or like having the seeds of doubt like that's not you know she can have agency and still be in love you know mm-hmm. like I, I think a lot of people don't like because in this movie she is kind of like barefoot and pregnant and just kind of on the side um and I would much rather see her story centered around trying to save this government and trying to save the republic that she mm-hmm. loved more than her just sitting around doubting Anakin and making yeah. the decision to kill Anakin. Because then her story is still centered around him, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, this does lead us to, you know, basically when everything goes down. Like, Anakin discovers that Palpatine is a Sith and he does the right thing and he leaves and he goes and tells the Jedi. And I know that Palpatine lets him do this because, like, he knew that the Jedi were going to not trust Anakin and blah, blah, yeah. blah. And, God, if Mace had just, like, ever trusted Anakin or just been kind to him, I do think things could have gone very differently in this scene. Yeah. It's, it just... <sighs> it's so heartbreaking. It's, like, it's just watching, like, you know, like, every situation you've ever been in when, when you're just a kid and you're, like telling the truth and no one believes you yes exactly like to me it it is so clear why he would save palpatine and kill mace in this moment Mm -hmm. mace is doing something that does go against the jedi and like palpatine does kind of like twist things when he talks to anakin um you know saying like the jedi want power and they're gonna kill me and blah 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 but like in a way like he's still not wrong and Anakin is still right to say, like, no, this, like, you're not supposed to just kill him. You're supposed to bring him in, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, he does have that thing in the back of his mind where I need him so that I can save Padme. So when it comes to the wire, he chose Padme over the Jedi way, which is just, honestly, Anakin was driven to the dark side the same way Ben Solo was. He was isolated, led to believe that nobody cared about him. And when it came to this decision, like, you can see that Anakin knows that, like, this isn't the right thing to do. But, like, he doesn't see any other way to go forward. So, like, this is his path now. This is where he is. That's why he says, like, what have I done? You know, to me, it's the same way with... Ben Solo on the bridge and Force Awakens. Yeah, exactly. Like it, he didn't want to do this, but he's here and he doesn't see any other way out. Yeah, we haven't seen like how like Dooku fell to the dark side. I think that was more of like an like a intellectual pursuits kind of thing, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do think when it comes to our Skywalker boys, it it was you know they were manipulated and led to this path. And it looked like, you know, they got so consumed by it and so lost in it that they couldn't find their way back out again. And it's just, it makes me so sad. Because Anakin is so sad. (laughs) And this is, of course, when Order 66 happens, which only gets more and more tragic the more Star Wars you consume. Yeah, the more Star Wars adds to it. Like, season seven of The Clone Wars was heartbreaking. Mm Mm-hmm. I just, I was thinking about when... Ahsoka sense like she senses this moment like when Anakin like mm-hmm. I don't want to say like turns because I don't know if like this is necessarily like his turn 
but like this is like the pivotal moment where like he can't go back yeah. you know and like she feels it and like right after is when order 66 happens and she has to fight off mm-hmm. her men lucasfilm goes so hard on order 66 like, they in, really do in fallen order also <laughs> ow <laughs> Yeah, oh it makes me think God. of Fallen Order. It makes me think of Kanan, like yeah. Trilla. Just ah, uh, they that whenever they want to add like more angst, <laughs> they just tell us more They're about just Order like, sixty six. Let's add a little du- uh, like a dusting of Order sixty six. Yeah, exactly. For a while. <laughs> yeah. So here's my question: since we have Order sixty six and like all of the stormtroopers, well, they're not stormtroopers quite yet, the clones are going to turn and start killing the Jedi. Why did Palpatine send Anakin to kill the younglings? I think that was his, like, not coming back. His, like, that was, like, the last straw. Like, that was him becoming Vader. Yeah, there really is no... I. I feel like if he had just gone straight to Mustafar and, like, not killed the younglings, then obviously Obi-Wan wouldn't have gone there with the intent to kill him, probably. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the issue, is that Obi-Wan does go there with the intent to kill Anakin. And that is kind of the difference between Anakin and Ben Solo, because Ben doesn't actually kill innocent lives we only see him really kill one of the students whereas and you know he constantly lets ray go it's been theorized that he let finn and poe escape it's you know that is kind of the difference between him and vader as i feel like and vader does do those things ben doesn't become a sith though you have no. a new theory that anakin is not a sith either yeah i feel like he we see him get those Sith eyes when he's, like, on Mustafar and, like, he does kill the younglings and all that. But I feel like he he never fully starts thinking like a Sith until, like, he's, we see him on Mustafar talking to Padme. Because then he says, like, you know, like, oh, I can save you and, like, we can rule the galaxy. And it, it does become that cycle of, like, you know, through my power, I will break my chains, I will be free, like, that kind of thing. I feel like when he becomes Vader, like, he's lost everything. Like, when he's, like, burning alone on on Mustafar, like, he's, he's completely lost everything. So, to me, it is, like, a resignation thing. Like, Ben being Kylo Ren, it's like, well, yeah. I don't have anything else I can be now. Like, this is it. I don't think Vader is a Sith. In that and way. It's not even really his body anymore. No. Like, it, you could see this as, like, the death of Anakin, the birth of Vader, but, like, we do know that Anakin is still in there, mm-hmm. and I think that Anakin that is still in there is not a Sith, and I feel like the comics kind of back this up, because, like, everything he does is still in pursuit of trying to save Padme, trying to save Ben, or not Ben, um, Luke, you know, it's, mm-hmm. I feel like it's more complicated than, like, just him being, like, a Sith, or that maybe the, maybe the definition is a little bit different or something. That did kind of jump ahead quite a bit, but 
being on Mustafar, like, and kind of getting there, it breaks my heart that Obi-Wan says, like, he won't kill Anakin, like, Anakin and his brother, like, he will not do it. And Yoda sits there and tells him, like, Anakin is gone. Like, you have Mm -hmm. to kill him because Anakin is gone. And this is also, like, what happens with Luke, you know? Like, Luke believes that he could turn Vader and bring him back, but, like, he's also told that, like, Anakin is gone. And I just... And, yeah, at, at one point, Obi-Wan starts believing that and is telling Luke that also. Yeah, like, that's what's so weird to me. I'm like, why? What are yeah. you doing? You know. Um, <laughs> it just, it makes me so sad. And, like, I, I agree with you. I do think, like, the youngling thing was to make sure that Obi-Wan would turn against Anakin because otherwise I don't think he would have like I even though like he killed Mace and all that kind of stuff like I I feel like like, he still wouldn't have do you think that Obi-Wan would have like tried to capture him instead yes I still I it makes me really upset that at the end of this movie Obi-Wan still can't kill Anakin like he still can't do it yeah so like he just leaves him there which is awful. Like, burning alive alone is a horrible way to die. That's worse than if you just stabbed him with a lightsaber. I feel like he should have taken him when he took Padme and yeah. just, like, captured him. And once again, I would love probably, to read that fan fiction. Well, I was going to say, at least, like, he probably would have died in the presence of his best friend and his wife. Yeah, exactly. Instead of alone on this planet and, like... He doesn't even die when he catches on fire. Like, can you imagine the agony he was in? And then he gets yeah. taken and mutilated and turned into this, like, literal monster. Like, it's so tragic. It makes me so upset. <laughs> but, like, I had been wondering, like, when Obi-Wan goes to Padme to try to, like, get information, find out where he went... I was wondering if Padme and Obi-Wan had gone together, like, with the intent to save Anakin, if things would have been different. But I'm gonna say no, because the second Obi-Wan, the second Anakin sees Obi-Wan, like, it all, like, it's over. Like, that's when he he feels betrayed, because Obi-Wan is there. Like, he is so in his thoughts in that moment that he's so, so, so convinced that Padme is having an affair with Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he's which, not even like that's not yeah. even himself anymore. That's like the dark side telling him those thoughts. Exactly. Like I don't think I think like Anakin. You know, everybody has like those jealousy moments and like those intrusive thoughts. But because Anakin has fallen to the dark side, like it's just getting amplified. And of course, pa- um, Palpatine has amplified those thoughts as well. And it it could like I was gonna say it could be something like you know like Ben Solo's thoughts that are in his head like the ones that he he's been hearing since like he was in the womb. Mm-hmm. It could like the voice telling Anakin could be Palpatine. That yeah that is definitely a possibility. That kind of brings me to the question of do you think Anakin? We know Anakin didn't exactly kill Padme when he like force choked her but do you think because of that like the physical trauma is why she died or do you think something else happened I like I mean I was saying to you I kind of think that Palpatine was somehow draining her life force into Vader Mm -hmm. I would I would believe that like he 
he used Padme to bring mm-hmm. Ben back. Not Ben. <laughs> he used Padme to bring Anakin back. I do think that is a very interesting way to look at it. I guess we kind of have to talk about, like, with Tross and, like, it's a little confusing how force healing works. <laughs> um, but we do see... <laughs> because um, Baby Yoda and Karga have a dyad. Oh, yeah. They did say that um, it's a dyad ability, so <laughs> Baby Yoda has a dyad with Greek Karka. But um, Ben gives all of his life force to Rey to bring her back. Mm-hmm. And, like, we've theorized that, like, that shouldn't have happened or, like, there should have been some kind of, like, intervention so that he wouldn't have died, whatever. But that does kind of aid to what if Palpatine, like, maybe that is the secret to immortality like you have to drain life forces from others that maybe that's how Darth Plagueis did it I don't know but it is really interesting to think that Palpatine like Padme had to die like for Vader to rise like literally and like metaphorically (laughs) well it's like did Plagueis like Plagueis have a dyad and like you can only Let's do the grief cargo thing. <laughs> See, like that's where, like, whenever you like throw Tross into it, like it gets You're all like, messed up. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, okay, wait, like, so it's a dyad thing where you can kind of transfer your life force, which would make sense for Anakin and Padme because, like, they very well could have some dyad abilities. But I want see, <laughs> but we do see. See, this is where it gets so okay. So, like, this is where it's gonna get annoying again because Tross doesn't know how to do anything. Palpatine does use the dyad energy power whatever to like restore himself in Tross Mm -hmm. but it doesn't kill Ray or Ben at that point so like I'm a little confused is it like a battery like are we recharging like what's going on here but I guess like what I think could happen is that maybe with a dyad you can share life force like I don't think see to me if you're a dyad sharing a life force should never result in like the death of the other because you are bonded and like it's a balance you are sharing it okay but I wonder if it's a dark side ability to drain the life out of somebody and either give it to yourself or give it to somebody else well I was gonna say Anakin at the moment that he's burning his life force is probably at like two percent okay yeah so it's draining it is gonna go down to zero Padme's is probably let, let's just for example let's say she's at 50 percent because of the choking scene that only gives you 50 percent like 52 percent life force amongst the two of them so Palpatine could have taken her like let's say 50 percent and put it into this dying Anakin yeah but see like and I, and I think, and I, I I think that, like, going with this theory, like, I like that headcanon, and I think that that headcanon works. I think with a dyad, say, you're on 2%, and mm-hmm. she's on 50, you should be able to share that so that, like, he's not dying, neither one of you are doing great, but, Trost like, you're sharing that, that now. I know Trost doesn't do that, and I hate it. <laughs> Trost doesn't know how to do that. I know, because, like, Ray was on, like, 1%, you know? Yeah. Or, like, I, I ben guess... Was, what, ben was low, though. I Like, I'm... But I feel like he <laughs> should have been able to, like, give her... 
I guess the way that it makes sense with Tross is that Ben gave her everything. My problem is, is I just don't think that should happen. <laughs> I think Ben was at like 10% and Ray was at like 1%. So there was like not enough. I don't It's dumb. Like, this like yes, it's, it's so dumb. dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I just feel like they should have been able to share it. I feel like they should have been able to share it. Is this like the Titanic? Like there was totally room for both of you. Yeah, it is like the Titanic. <sighs> but yeah, like I that even adds so many interesting things. So, like, I haven't started Charles Soule's Fader Run yet um, with, like, the castle and everything, but I did download it. And that adds such an interesting concept, like, an interesting context because, like, Vader has, like, Padme's life force. But, like, I don't want to think about it like that because I don't want to think about ben's life force being in ray and so like she's not alone it's like i know i hate it <laughs> anyway anyway um i love that the first thing they ask for when they wake up is each other mm-hmm. and padme says like they're still good in him like i i mean at least is... there's that like yeah the end of Tross and like ray is just like Whatever. okay bye I'm going to go hug my friends that I don't even really know. <laughs> I just, oh. this is, this again, though, like this quote is also why I don't understand how people can be like, you know, oh, Padme was going to kill Anakin and falling out of love with him. Like, if that was the case, then she would have believed he was gone. And at, despite everything, she still believed that there was still good in him at the end of it all. And I, I, I want to see Obi-Wan dealing with that in the in the Obi-Wan series. Like, knowing that Yoda said that Anakin's gone, but Padme believed so fully that he wasn't. Like, I want to see him dealing with that. Obi-Wan in this scene, like, it's, it breaks my heart. Like, the, the scene, we can quote the, the beginning of the battle because we have it on bracelets. But, um, it is really devastating. I, I wrote that I feel like, um, them fighting with blue lightsabers like when they're fighting you almost can't even tell them apart like they're not supposed to be fighting i feel like that's even more of a representation of that that basically brings us to the end of the film it does end with you know the twins being separated (laughs) another sin (laughs) so stupid (laughs) um but it ends in a hopeful way you know on Tatooine looking out at the sun, at the suns, um, knowing that Luke is eventually going to grow up and bring Anakin back into the light. And so, like, Mm -hmm. I I do think that even though it gets really dark, like, it still feels very hopeful in the same way that, like, the Clone Wars ended that way, too. And there is meaning to actually ending this film on Tatooine. Yes. There's actual meaning. <laughs> there was a reason for us to be on Tatooine. <laughs> Listen, this is the only time Tatooine should ever be nostalgic. Everybody hated it there. <laughs> it makes me really excited to see what's going to happen with the Obi-Wan show because mm-hmm. I-, I just feel like 
I mean, it's it's going to be, you know, Kanan, Cal Kestis surviving Order 66 alone. You know, Ahsoka survives o- Order 66 alone. Like, Obi-Wan is going to be sitting with he- these thoughts, knowing that, like, everybody is dead, that they failed, that the Republic is gone, that the only thing he has left is to save this boy who is the son of his best friend. Like, there's so much angst there. <laughs> So let's see what else we got on Twitter. I think we answered yeah. most of the it, questions. It was a lot of Padme. Okay, so here's one. Do you think there was a way for Anakin not to fall to the dark side after learning that there was a way to save people from dying? Yeah, I I think that, like, the turn, like we said, was when he killed the younglings. Mm-hmm. I think that's... Once that, like, idea was in his mind, like, obviously he couldn't let it go, but I do think that if he, I do think, like, if Mace hadn't quite interfered, then he wouldn't have, like, fully turned to the dark side. Mm -hmm. I do think if he hadn't have killed the younglings, I think if Obi-Wan hadn't have shown up with the intent to kill him, like, it it all, it all compounds. I think that the ability of bringing back Padme, I think it could have been rewired to him if different things happen. Mm-hmm. I I definitely think things could have gone differently. I I attribute it all to Palpatine making sure that like this was going like it was inevitable. Like Palpatine did everything he could to make sure like this happened. Mm-hmm. And like there is there are so many like what ifs, but I think that Palpatine you know, accounted for all of those what ifs, you know? And all of our other questions were about Padme in this film and all that, which we did kind of cover. I, I love the deleted scene of her being like basically the mother of the rebellion. And that's another reason why I would have loved if she had like survived or if she had gone off to Naboo, like having her like be the head of the rebellion like, oh, that would have been so cool. <laughs> and I'm yeah. sure there's a, I'm sure there's AUs out there. We just have to find them. But, like, I'd be very interested mm-hmm. in that. I, I do love, though, getting insight into Bale and um, Mon Mothma carrying on her ideas, though, that we mm-hmm. do get in, like, extra materials. Yes. I do love what they do with that. Yeah, I, I do think that even though we don't get that scene... I do still think it's canon that the rebellion mm-hmm. was built on Padme. Mm-hmm. Like she she was part of, you know, she was part of like Bale and um Mon Mothma and like all the founders. So yeah. even though we don't get that scene, I do consider it to still be canon. So that brings us to the end of Revenge of the Sith. Is there anything else you want to add about this film? No, it was delightful to watch, though. I think I it had was. a bit of a better time watching it than you. <laughs> I think you did, too. <laughs> I was kind of in my feels. <laughs> I was, like, really, I was really trying not to take marks off of it because of trust, because it really isn't its fault. That's true. I, I have, like, this horrible habit of whenever something reminds me of trust, I just <laughs> I get really mm-hmm. bitter and petty. <laughs> just what happened with the Vader comic, the second it introduced, like, Ochi of Bastoon, mm-hmm. I was, like four stars knock a star off so i know bad. i like the comic but i get it I get yeah it. no i like the, <laughs> i like where the comic is going 
I think I'm more just mad because it's probably going to make me like Ochi and I don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) I just really don't want to. But from here, like we've talked about, like the way that they explore Vader's character is really amazing. And it gives you so much insight into why he makes decisions, the way we see him in other media. So, like, both of us really recommend checking out the Vader comics. We did a whole episode all about the Vader comics because it's just... I don't know. It just all makes me think that Anakin is still in there, just like how, you know, Ben was still in Kylo. Like, it was was just a mask, and they both just (laughs) felt like this was the only life they could lead. When it comes to Anakin, I do think that the redemption through death does work. I still hate yeah. redemption through death, but it I feel like it because of the choices that he makes and, you know, the journey that he goes on, like I get it and it, it is more fitting than it is when we see it in The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, and I have to say like my go-to wreck after Revenge of the Sith is Fallen Order. Yeah. Like, yeah. that is, like, where I am right now, where I'm, like, okay, like, where would I go next, Fallen Order? Like, especially all, like, the Cal Kestis training scenes and then into uh, Order 66, like, that's where my headspace is. Mm-hmm. I, my headspace is, like, in, is in the comics, I think, for sure. Mm-hmm. Especially, and see, like, and I haven't even read them, but, like, the ones where he's, like, so consumed with like bringing Padme back yeah they're really good like it's just uh, I'm I'm excited to start that but that is going to do it for our prequels rewatch I really loved this I'm so happy Mm -hmm. we rewatched the prequels I feel like I like I'm rejuvenated in Star Wars now yes yes yeah we were talking about that earlier like when it comes to Star Wars like (laughs) it's hard to like Star Wars sometimes but the good news is, is that it, like, since it's so big, like, we just kind of buried ourselves in the prequels again. And now we're, like, excited and we feel better, you know. So, like, it, it because it is so big, like, you can still find places that still, like, bring you joy. And I'm really glad that we were able to find a lot of joy watching the prequels. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, Attack of the Clones just, like, shot up to one of my all-time favorites. <laughs> it was just so great. It's a comfort movie. Yeah, it made me so happy. Like, yeah. oh. I, see, I want a romance novel of Padme and Anakin on Naboo. Yeah. <laughs> but not by E.K. Johnston. I want it by somebody else. I don't care who as long as it's not her. <laughs> But that is going to do it for this episode. Like we said at the top of the show, next up we are going to be covering um, The Mandalorian Season 2. Whoa! (laughs) If that's not your cup of tea, we totally understand. We will see you again after the holidays. But, like, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, like, so shocked right here already. I know! It's just, like, we're going to be watching Mandalorian on Friday. We're going to wake up and watch yeah. it. Maybe maybe we can get well, the group watch to work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got to work, so I don't know what time I'll watch in the yeah. morning or later, but... I watch it yeah. the second I wake up so I don't get spoiled, <laughs> and then I watch it again Good later idea. with my mom. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm excited. I, I hope that it's as much fun as the first season was, so we're just going to have to wait and see. But thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to keep the conversation going, and please, please tell me if 
I was right about the octopus lake, the swan lake thing, because I don't know yeah. where I saw it, and I would like somebody to please <laughs> confirm that for us on Twitter. Um, but you can find us at lip underscore lightsabers. I am at McCarter Shannon, and Alex is at Alex Leonis. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.